What's up, everyone? I am Jonathan Mathis, the sports judge. I am joined by my good friend, Dante, Coach Dante's in the house. And I want to welcome everyone to another episode of the Judges Corner. We have a lot of fun on this show. You know, and when we have some guys on the show, it gets crazy. It gets crazy. I was expecting to see Freddie's face, but he hasn't popped in just yet. I'll give him a few minutes uh, to, you know, pop in here so uh, we can really have a lot of fun. But, uh, Coach, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Like I say, man, you're one of my favorite guys, man. Anytime I could be on the sports uh, judge corner, man, be on the judges channel, man, I'm I'm very excited. We got some interesting news come out in the NBA today, yesterday, and tomorrow's going to get even bigger. So I'm ready to get right into it, man. Well, that's the thing, right? We got a lot to get into tonight. There, there's a lot that has happened in the sports world. And as you know, LeBron surpassed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which was the big news in the NBA last night. But we had more big news in the yep. association and that once again, it involved the Lakers. This time, it's a trade, and we'll get into that as well. We'll also get into a little NFL because the Super Bowl is almost here. It's right around the corner. Super Bowl is on Sunday. And we'll get a little bit into that. We'll talk about Jalen Hurts and, and Patrick Mahomes. Who has the more pressure? We'll get into that. Um, but first, Dante, we got to start things off. Um with LeBron James, of course, right? Yep. I mean, the big headline coming into this. And, you know, it was, it was a wonderful night last night. That that was a great moment. I mean, you know, like I like I t- like you guys might have heard me say, I have a love and hate relationship with LeBron James. Yeah. Because I've been critical of him, but at the same time, he has received praise from me as well. Yeah, what he's been able to do on the basketball court. Um, you can't take away what the man has accomplished, and it it's crazy at at his age to still be able to play top level basketball. It, it's crazy to me. Yep, the man conditions his body in a way that he can, you know, defy defy the odds. And he continues to defy his Yep. Like I always say, I know I sound repetitive saying this, but he's the ageless wonder. He's the ageless wonder. And it was nice to see that Kareem was in the house. Once he broke the record, Kareem came onto the court. Um, You know, you saw a lot of, you saw a lot of grace in that building last night. You saw a lot of love in that building last night and 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 LeBron James had an outpouring love of support from not only a roaring crowd but from the stars that showed up you you had LL Cool J in the house you had uh Denzel Washington in the house you had Usher in the house you had Jay-Z there you you had a, a lot of names in the building last night people who showed up to support this man uh to watch hit history as history was in the making and what we witnessed last night 
coach was history. And I'm glad that I was able to see that game. You know, and for anyone who was there, they will have that lifetime memory. That's a memory that will stay with them forever. For 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 years down the road, we will talk about this. We will reminisce and look back at this. And for all those who have so much hate uh, towards LeBron and have so much disdain uh, uh, um, towards this man, later, later down the road, years from now, people will appreciate him because that's what usually happens, right, coach? People don't show appreciation and admiration until the player is long gone from the league. So once we once we have no more LeBron James and once his time runs out, because father time is inedible, father time is going to catch you no matter what. So when he does decide that it's time to leave the game of basketball and venture into other things, then more of those haters out there will, will appreciate LeBron a little bit more. And, and coach, you heard me. I was, I was very hard on LeBron. You, you might've saw my rant. No, you hard, you hard on them, period. The Lakers team as a whole, though, too. But the reason why I was so hard on LeBron is because let's be real. He is not the GOAT. Yes. He surpassed Kareem, but he you could make the argument that he is not the GOAT. Yes, he is the GOAT of his generation, but we can't forget what Michael Jordan did in this league. Yep. We can't overlook the fact what Kobe accomplished in this league. In that same building, Kobe had many memorable nights in that building. And we can't sugarcoat it. We, we can't just sit here and deny that. I mean, it's undeniable. We saw the undeniable talent from both Michael Jordan and, and of course, uh, Kobe Bryant. And a lot of people will make the argument too, Coach. I'll give you the floor in a minute. A lot of of people make the argument too that Kareem is arguably the best player to ever play the game of basketball. What was your thoughts about last night and LeBron making history? Uh, my thoughts, Jonathan, when I saw the game last night, the game started off, LeBron was being kind of being a little, no, nah, I wouldn't say being a little passive, but you saw the way Oklahoma City was playing him on defense and he was looking for to get get uh, guys open. He was uh, passing the ball, distributing the ball early, even though he did have three assists in the game. But tonight, last night, for what I saw, that game was more about LeBron than, than the actual team playing itself. And seemed like trying to uh, trying to win the game because after LeBron got the record, that the Lakers just decided to stop playing basketball. I mean, Oklahoma City Thunder went on a twenty three to ten run just like that. <laughs> so, so even after he got the record, you can saw him one playing defense and you know letting his guy go by. But other than that, it was a great night. I knew he was going to get the record early in the game because again, when he was playing, when he was uh, when he every time he gets a rebound. In transition on the Thunder miss, you immediately see him run up the court, uh, use the pick and roll, and you'll see OKC did not double the pick and roll pretty much a whole night. So he was allowed to free ram in the paint just because he is six, uh, he is six foot nine, 260 pounds, so he can take head on in the paint. You saw him bullying guys in the paint on that pick and roll every time on a fast break. Every time on a fast break, he's by himself, he's gonna he's gonna run right through the defender. And he did that a lot last night. But this game, 
Um, and I just want to say good luck to the next person that's got that's gonna try to catch LeBron because he still got more miles on him. He still got he can. I believe really LeBron making play till he's forty. I mean, he keeps his body in great shape. He keeps himself in great shape. And to be able to score at this type of rate in today's NBA, I mean, it is incredible, man. It is it is really incredible. And but one thing about LeBron James that at the beginning of his career, he would not take a jump shot. But now as the game, as he got better alone in his career, he learned how to shoot the basketball really pretty good. Yes, he doesn't still shoot it. Uh, as high he shoots it probably at 33%, but that's good enough. That's good enough to keep a defense honest and keep them off you and not lay, not let them lay back off you. So he's improved his three-point shooting. That's what made him even more unstoppable. But again, last night was great. Uh, last night was really great. You saw, like you said, LL Cool J, Floyd Mayweather was there last night to support him. Uh, but that game last night was more about LeBron than the actual Lakers winning the ball, winning the actually ball game. Cause you see it in Anthony Davis and he was on the sideline saying Anthony Davis, Hey man, I love you. Anthony Davis wasn't trying to hear that. He was trying to win the damn ball game last night. He was supposed to, he trying to win a ball game last night. He didn't want to hear that. And him and Russell Westbrook was the only ones aggressive. So then the day it was a great night for LeBron James last night. And, you know, they were trying to get him to basketball. You see Dennis Schroeder literally pass up an open three-pointer in the corner just to get him the basketball. <laughs> just to get him the basketball. A lot of Lakers were passing up shots just to get him yeah. the basketball. Anthony Davis wasn't aggressive enough. He had nine shots. He took nine shots. So he wasn't trying. He, was, he wasn't really trying. But he was also upset because he wanted to win the game. So it was more a lot last night about LeBron James than the actual – game and coach Darvin Ham even came out and said it that was more we should have we should have played the game regular you're in the play you're in the thick of a playoff hunt all of a sudden you think of a playoff hunt and with the game you're be with a team you're behind a team that you actually are behind after the run after the soon as he hit the uh record they went on a 23 the 10 run the Lakers just stopped playing basketball they just stopped they just, it's like they didn't care. They didn't have, they didn't care at all. It was just, okay, LeBron got the record. We can just take plays off. We can just turn the ball up. We can just take bad shots. And that's just how it was last night, man. But congratulations to LeBron James, man. I, I say good luck to whoever tried to catch him because this guy still got more miles on his body. He still could play. He still could really play. Say what you welcome in, Smokey Jeremy B. What's up, man? Thank hey, you. not much. And kudos to LeBron for his individual achievement and the fact that he did it in the same amount of years that Kareem Abdul Jabbar did in 150 less games due to load management and the few times he's been injured. You know, that think about that 150 less games to surpass him. Wow. I, I granted back then. People played with broken fingers, dislocated wrists, ankles bent sideways. They didn't care because it was a different, tougher generation than what we have now. But what wasn't available to them back then is available to LeBron. He spends a million dollars a year to take care of his body between diet and workouts and everything else. So kudos to him to having the longevity. And here's, here's one other point I will make. I bet you by the time he retires, he will be the only one in this group. 40,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was saying yesterday that this is a record, or today, actually, this is a record that won't be broken. 
I mean, at least not in our lifetime. We'll we'll never we'll, see anyone. You know what? I said that in 1984 when Kareem Abdul set that record. Mm-mm. When I was 14 years old. I'm 52. Wow. 38 years ago that happened. So you can't say never. because Especially when they've been talking about making a four or five point mm-hmm. line. If mm-hmm. that happens with the way they shoot nowadays. <clears throat> oh, yeah. 20 years down the road, someone may break that record. But it won't be anybody that's playing right now. No, no, and I agree. I agree with that. But, yes, last night for me, that was an unforgivable moment in sports history. It was one of the best moments in sports history. It, it, it You know what? It took me back to when Kobe scored 60 points and when he went out on top. That's, that's, that's what it, it brought me back to. And there was just so many memories going through my mind last night seeing that because there's been so many historic moments in that building. Even though the name has changed to to the name of that building, there's been so much greatness in there. And you know what? Like I said earlier, we witnessed greatness. We saw it. Uh, but LeBron continues to amaze us. Um, he continues to amaze us with his uh, sustained uh, excellence and and his dominance. It's it's incredible what this man is doing at age 38. It, it's, it's hard to believe that he is still playing basketball at a consistent rate like this and, 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 and scoring a, a, a lot of points in the game. But yeah, coach, you're right. The Lakers really wanted this win. Well, you saw with Anthony Davis and you saw with Russell uh, Westbrook, apparently him and Darvin Ham got into it over on the sideline. So, I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of players who were too happy. Yes, LeBron got the personal achievement, but at the end, they lost to an OKC Thunder team that they probably should have beaten. Uh, yeah, man. Like I say, after the record, after they got even before the record, man, I I was like this if LeBron LeBron is going to LeBron is going to hit this, but the game is going to be a lot closer. Um the three ball, they can't guard the three ball. And that was a problem last night. That was a really a problem last night. I saw nothing but wide open Oklahoma City Thunder all night at the three-point line. And that's one thing that killed them last night. The penetration got worse in the in the third and fourth quarter. It's just like after the record, they just stopped playing uh basketball. Dennis Schroeder shooting up on orthodox shots. Russell Westbrook, they don't care about him shooting, but he was efficient. He was efficient from the field. He was uh, 4 of 7. He was 10 of 19 from the field. You will you will take that if you're a Laker, but it ended up in a loss. Ended up in a loss, and the biggest thing about in that fourth quarter, they turned the ball over way too much. Schroeder and um, Russell Westbrook turned the ball over way too much in the fourth quarter, and it's just like every everything stopped as soon as LeBron hit the record. It was a couple of plays that LeBron took, even took off, even took off, so – uh, everything was going right for the Thunder last night. They were shooting the ball well. They were getting in the paint with ease. They were being more aggressive, getting foul calls. And it's just like the Lakers' perimeter defense, even with Anthony Davis in the game, it's not even good. They're not They're not really even good. So uh, let's hope these pieces kind of help them out that they got today. But that wasn't really a great showing, man. And last night, Anthony Davis could not be aggressive because why? It was a LeBron James night. It was a LeBron James night. And – if you're Anthony Davis, you got to take it upon yourself. If you really wanted to win, you got to take control and take it upon yourself. Hey, give me the ball. I want to be. A, I want to score. I got because 
to me, Anthony Davis is the key for this team making it to a playoff push. He is the key for this team to go to go places. His health and his scoring will be the key. And last night it wasn't about that. And you saw the frustration on his face. He wasn't trying to hear it from LeBron at all. He was clearly frustrated last night because the team did not get the win. They played more. It was more about LeBron than the team actually winning the game. And they did not follow the game plan. Like Coach Darvinham said, they did not follow the game plan. It was all about LeBron getting a big lucky big 36 that was all was it about and after that it showed in the third and fourth quarter when they just stopped playing basketball and they couldn't stop a nosebleed on defense they need each other and i always say that they need each other more than you can imagine those two need each other without without anthony davis the lakers are not going very far without lebron james they're going absolutely nowhere so those two guys need each other but I, uh, before we move on to the next topic, Smokey, Jeremy, do you have anything else? Do you have any final thoughts on this? No, you know, it, it it stinks when you lose to somebody you shouldn't. You know, and I'm quite sure anybody that plays the Detroit Pistons feels the same way when they lose to them. I and mean, there hasn't been much. What is it, 15 wins now this season? So I'm quite sure every team that plays Detroit, oh, man, we can sit our starters. We're going to win because they don't play defense. And that's why I've been saying since week two of this NBA season, fire Dwayne Casey. I'm in the same boat. Five Steven Solis. I'm in the same boat as you. Yeah, it might be time to look for a new coach. It might be time for both of y'all to uh, ride that coaching carousel. Wait, I think the new coach is on the roster as an assistant. He coached defense at the University of Michigan. He actually coached it over there in Minnesota. John Beeline's on this roster as an assistant, and they don't let him do anything. Let him coach defense. (laughs) Let him do something. Let him showcase who he is. Let him be himself. I agree with you. Right. I mean, thing. The offense is good now. Get the defense right. Right. Exactly. I mean, what? We're we're in the top five in scoring, and we're only ahead of San Antonio in defense? There was a time when San Antonio and Detroit were number one and two in defense every year, not that long ago. Yep. So, that I mean, it might be time for a new coaching change. But, fellas, we're going to move. We're going to move on. We're still staying on LeBron James. We're just going to spice things up a little bit. We're going to get spicy because this is debatable. This is something that a lot of people argue about. And you kind of know where I'm going with this probably. Both of you guys probably know where I'm going. Here it is, guys. Get ready for it. Is LeBron the GOAT? As in the GOAT. A greatest of all time. Of all time. Jeremy, you go first, man. He's in my top five for that category. But there's some other achievements that needs to happen with the teams he's on because there's team achievements that are included in that GOAT status. This is the best individual achievement you can have, but as a teammate and a team player, there's bigger things that has to happen around him. So I have him in my top five but I don't have him as my number one. And I'm just being as honest as I can as a fan of the sport outside looking in. Coach Dante. I got him at number two of all time, but I, you know I have Michael Jordan as the greatest of all time. 
uh, like I say, when people say uh, that Michael Jordan played old guys in the finals, I mean, you had Utah who had two 60-win seasons back-to-back, but they were old when they made it. But they were able to win 67 games both years with John Stockton, Greg Ostertag, who was really tough, big man at that time, Jeff Hornacek, who was really actually good. You know I mean? You had Howard Isley. Those were some tough Utah teams that they played. You know, Seattle Supersonics, you know, that was a team that could have won a championship with Gary Payton, Sean Kim. That was a team that could have won a championship. But, you know, the only difference is they won 67 games. But the problem is their timing was bad because Michael Jordan them was on their 72-9 and nine season at that time. Seattle was second best defensive rated team. Chicago was the number one rated team. And they took them to six games. They took them to six games. And Gary Payton held Michael Jordan the best way he could. Clyde Drexler and the Portland Trailblazers. People will argue Clyde Drexler was the second best shooting guard in that era. Who was the best shooting guard at that time? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Best shooting guard at that at that quality time. They were tough with Terry Porter and Brandon du- and Duckworth. They were tough. You had some tough Cleveland Cavaliers squads. You had some tough defenses he had to go to. So yes, it took him some time uh, to get every to get going in Detroit. Detroit was the greatest defenses of all time that Michael Jordan looked at. Looked at. They and it, it took Scottie Pippen for him to beat him. Yes, it took Scottie Pippen to emerge into a superstar caliber player just to beat them guys. It took Michael Jordan to get some more strength in his body because that was the moment you had that that uh, Michael Jordan rule. And the Drew the rule was every time he goes to the paint, knock him on his behind. And once he strengthened up his body, and Pippen came through, that's when they were able to go. That was able, when they was able to get through that uh that uh gate right there. So they played some tough teams. In that era, the physicality was very, very strong. And the Boston Celtics, they were the greatest defense. That was a great, that was a great defense, along with Robert Parrish and you know Larry Bird. So Michael Jordan had to get through some really tough defenses when there was no three seconds in the paint. You could you could count in the paint, you can hand check all day long. It was just that physical. And LeBron James and Michael Jordan dominated from 1991 all the way to 98 in two straight three peats. Against great teams in the NBA Finals. So, again, I have to get it to Michael Jordan. He dominated. In the one year, two years, he didn't dominate. He was up out of the bat. He was up out of the league. That's when my Rockets won in 1994 and 95. He was up out of the league. So, Michael, I know LeBron dominated for 20 years, but Michael Jordan dominance was really great. Nobody could win a championship when Michael Jordan was even in the NBA. Nobody could get to the championship. How many all-time greats that he stopped from winning a title? Carl Malone, he's an all-time great. Charles Barkley, an all-time great. He stopped so many greats from winning a championship. You literally had to get through Michael Jordan just to win it all. And Gardy 3 made a good point. He brought up the same thing I said. But you want to know what else? The Celtics and the Pistons are why Patrick Ewing Yes. Never won a championship. And Michael Jordan exactly. alone. And Michael Jordan alone. He played in the same conference. Reggie, Miller. Yeah. Reggie, Reggie Miller. Miller. Reggie Miller. Alonzo Mourning before he got, got, got a championship later in his career. Gary Payton before he got that championship in Miami. Shaq later in his career. Shaq early in his prime. Shaq got stopped against Kim Elijah one and and Michael Jordan. He got stopped against a both. Charles Barkley got stopped against the Rockets twice and Michael Jordan twice. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I was I, I was gonna ask you this, Coach. Did you did you forget did you forget anybody? 
I, I think you forgot to mention the team. You, you forgot to include the 1993 Phoenix Suns because yes, yes, that's the team. That's the team that got to the finals and Michael Jordan beat. Yep. Right? That was a historically good. That was a great team. Dan Marley. Uh, yeah, Dan Marley had Johnson. You had Johnson, Charles Barkley leading them. That was a great team, and they took that. They played a great. They played a great hell of a series against you know Michael Jordan. Them that team right there, and that team was still really good. It was just you know the Rockets. They went into uh, Kim Elijah one in the later years. They ran into the wrong. That they were just in. Uh, that was they were just in definition of a just bad time. And Charles Barkley. In the Seattle Sonics, Seattle Sonics was really bad timing because Michael Jordan was on that seventy-two and ten season, and they they were it wasn't I it wasn't no way they was gonna lose that fi- NBA Finals, but that was a great Seattle team that I thought they had enough to beat Michael Jordan and the and the uh, Bulls. It also took the Pistons losing their Defensive Player of the Year that one year to yep. go to the Bulls. Dennis Rodman, yep. yeah, to yep. help them start that first three peak, right. Right. So you had Pippen and Rodman to that roster. See, people never acknowledge that. They never acknowledge that. Which is why the defense started to slip in Detroit. Right. Because right. Bill Lambeer and James Buddha, them guys were old. Rick Mahorn was at the tail end of his career at that time. And we had Vinny Johnson, the microwave, throwing up threes he shouldn't anymore because his range <laughs> was gone. And Joe Dumars had that rainbow. If he hit the rainbow, it was good. But if it was a, a flat arc to the basket, boing. <laughs> <laughs> the ball don't lie, as she would say. Well, to me, guys, and, and most of you guys know where 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 I stand with this, but Michael Jordan is the undisputed GOAT. He's the undisputed GOAT. Look, he played in a more physical era. The physicality, like Dante mentioned was stronger. Um, you had a game with contrasting rules. You know, uh, they they were able to play more. There wasn't a whistle blown on every play. Michael Jordan played against, like Dante mentioned, played against really tough defenses. So it was just a different era. But that's not me taking away anything from LeBron. No, I can't diminish what the man has accomplished. It's the greatest you know? individual accomplishment in the Thank NBA, you. period. Thank you. But I don't want LeBron fans to be upset because I say that he's not the GOAT because in reality, to me, he's not. Michael Jordan still holds the title as the GOAT. You yep. know, and, and then you, you got to put other players in that in that category too. You, you got to put you got to put Kareem up there. You you got to put um um Bird out here. Uh Tim Duncan maybe. I don't know, one of the best power forwards to ever play. Um it, there's a lot of names that can go on that list. Kobe Bryant, you know, um what he accomplished with the Lakers. Um you know, Hakeem Shaq. Shaq. Hakeem Olajuwon, and then you mm-hmm. got to give it up to somebody who played his entire career for one team too, like Larry Bird, Bill right. Russell, Jerry West. Yeah. I mean, bring up some of the greats. Exactly, and you can make the debate and the argument that Hakeem Olajuwon was more dominant than Shaq only because of his ability to make. And I'm and I'm gonna tell you something about Hakeem Olajuwon on that one. I'm glad you brought that up. Keem Olajuwon, I know Shaq won more championships. Keem Olajuwon was actually a better player than Shaq was. The problem is Shaq was on a rising star team with Kobe Bryant. Keem Olajuwon was probably the only player that won a championship 
without a superstar on that team. Well, you, you can say Clyde Drexler, but at that time, he wasn't even an all-star at that time. He wasn't selected to be an all-star at that time. And he got traded to the Rockets midseason from Vernon Maxwell. And they sent Vernon Maxwell home because of that move. And they won it as a sixth seed. They won it as a sixth seed in a, in a low seed twice. So Kim Olajuwon pretty much was the only player to do it without a superstar, all-star caliber player on his, on his team. He carried the team. He carried that team. Uh, when people would double him, he had a rookie, Sam Cassell, Robert Ory. And like I say, they they couldn't double him because you had guys out there like Kenny Smith making three-point jump shots. And now, like I say, I'm glad that you brought that up for respect for Kim Olajuwon, but a lot of people don't know how dominant he is against any center. That was against any center, any center that he played against. And like I said, that's why I'm glad that you kind of brought Kim Olajuwon up. Oh, yeah. I, I completely agree. What's up, Tate? We got Tate. We got Tate. What's going on, man? I was having this debate with Freddie earlier. I kept trying to explain this to him, but he wasn't trying to listen. So I just let it be. Like I said, I'm not taking nothing away from LeBron. LeBron is on the Mount Rushmore. I'll give him that. But he's. I, I was fortunate. I'm one of them people that was fortunate to actually see MJ and LeBron play. So I can call both. I've seen both of them. I'm 40 years old. I've seen them both play. I've, I was I was young watching the Bulls win in 96. You know what I'm saying? The first three P, then the second one. I watched those games with my dad. I saw those games. So I can I can say which one. The only thing I, I will give LeBron, he's an overall complete player than Jordan. Right. I'll uh, give him that. Yeah. Jordan, he just don't have that killer instinct like Jordan. Jordan, yeah, I've said that too. Jordan wasn't going to let his team lose. That, that that's the difference. The clutch, the clutch factor is is no comparison. Because you 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 will see LeBron be like, you know what, we're going to lose. I'm not. I'm just going to take off. Jordan, like, no, we're not losing. That's that's the difference. If LeBron had that, this debate would be way closer than what it is. Right. Then you got that. Four, then you got that four and six finals record. That tarnishes you a little bit away from being the goat. Because Jordan six and zero never played a game seven. Exactly. Six finals MVPs, ten times scoring champion. What nine, ten time? Oh, he's not here. Nine time all defensive guy. That's more than that's more than going to be the best best defender on the team. Right, and did it all with one team. And you know what's crazy? Jordan was doing things in the league before they was doing things in the league. Like Jordan was put who put up 63 against Boston before he did in the garden. Mm -hmm. Nobody, and, but he did that by himself. He didn't have a team then. Scotty wasn't there yet. Right. This, this was in the early 80s when he just got there. Right, so, like 84, 85. I'm not saying LeBron didn't do no spectacular things, but the game was different when LeBron got there. It wasn't it was physical, but not as physical when Jordan was playing. And it's only been two players that had it's only been the Jordan rules and the Shaq rules. Ain't no LeBron rules. Right. And you if you really want to think about it, if you look at it real close, LeBron James just perfected. What Larry Bird started in the league back then. That's just my opinion on that. But you know what's crazy? Jordan post game is better than LeBron's game. People don't give Jordan credit for his post game. That's why Kobe perfected it. If you really look at it, 
Kobe perfected it. it it's it's funny because I was watching uh the Shaq documentary, the little four four part series he got on uh, HBO Max, and he was saying the one thing I respect about Jordan. He said. When he fouled him, he said, don't help me up. He said, you'll never have a player up. And he was like, oh, all right. And that's when Shaq became super dominant after that. When, when somebody telling you something like that, don't he said, don't pick me up. No, we don't, we don't play games like this. And, and you know, this MJ, I'm coming for you. Shaq was on a different level after that. But mm-hmm. I feel like the only, the only way you can really say LeBron is the GOAT if you're a super LeBron fan. That's the only way you're going to call LeBron the GOAT because a lot of these new guys never seen MJ play. They see highlights. They never seen him play. They never seen what he had to go through. So they don't know his level. He got cut from high school, you know what I'm saying, and then had to work his way up. LeBron was already chosen for it. So people ain't see Jordan coming. So when Jordan came, the one thing I got to say, though, that one this and then before I don't want to take up too much of this. In the 90s, if Jordan wouldn't retire, I don't even think the Rockets would have got two. Nope. You, you, you can argue that. You can argue that. Now I say that myself. I do say that myself. You can argue it, but I think Jordan would at least had seven. I, 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 he, I think he would at least had the same amount as uh, Tom Brady. And the difference is now, nope, when Jordan played, nobody actually really won a championship like that. You got that one time when he first came back, but Jordan was still kind of rusty. He came back and he, he was off for two years. But other people has won in LeBron's era. You got Steph Curry, got the same amount of rings as you. But he ain't being labeled as the goal. He's being labeled as the greatest shooter. He got the same amount of rings. And he, and, and he got a better finals record than, than LeBron. Right. But nobody talks about that either. But nobody, how many people can say they tied Jordan when, when he won? Nobody. Nobody can come close. The only team that won was the Rockets, and that's two. And he still got four more than everybody in the 90s. So that debate is basically over because Magic, Magic already said when the greats sit down, they talk about how many rings you got. That's the conversation. Mm-hmm. And he dominated the game. As a shooting guard, as a shooting guard, I'm sorry. I always say this. I always say this. I always say this that Jordan probably would have won nine had they kept the team together in the '99 season. Hands down, they would have won nine NBA championships. If Jordan would have won at least seven, it would. It would. It wouldn't even be a debate. For for a feet of one seven, you can't even make that. You can't even make the. You could you could debate their games against each other, but you wouldn't be able to debate the debate the goal. Technically, if you want to talk rings, the actual goal really, even though the time was different, is really Bill Russell because that man got enough to put on a on a on a somebody else's finger. Like he got to put his own fingers in one. Because I just watched his documentary on Netflix. He got enough to put on a pinky toe. Yeah, like if you want. <laughs> Goats and rings, even though the game was different. But you got to, if you have y'all, if y'all get a chance to ever watch this documentary on Netflix that just came out not so long ago, um, that man went through a lot. Like he he won a championship as a player coach. Like a lot, you know how hard that is to do. Right. He won six as a player and five as a coach, and the one year was player and coach. That's that's hard. That that's hard. But 
we were talking about the errors we actually saw. So, yeah, um, some people are gonna say Kobe number two. Somebody gonna some people are gonna say LeBron number two. Somebody gonna say LeBron number one. It all depends what you like. But mine personally is always gonna be Michael Jordan. It's, LeBron. It's it's like watching a movie. You either like it or you don't. It's, it's subjective. subjective. And everyone's gonna have their different opinions, and everyone feels entitled to their opinions. So one person might tell you Kobe, another person might tell you Jordan, another person's gonna tell you LeBron. And a lot of these kids coming up now, they're gonna tell you LeBron because they didn't watch. They didn't watch Jordan play. They, you know, they they caught Kobe kind of late, you know, in in his career. So they. This is all they know is LeBron James. But uh, any final thoughts, guys, before we move on? Um, can I say one thing real quick? Sure. We look so weird in the Dallas Mavericks jersey because I'm watching the game. Oh yeah. Oh, it looks so weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, that's what I want because I just actually turned the game on. Just look. <laughs> How, long? How long? was Kyrie in Dallas before Luca asked for a trade? Uh, I say maybe at the maybe at the next season. At, it all depends what they do this season. But Kyrie went back to number two when Kyrie put when, when he plays with the number two. Obviously, he plays better because that 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 Nets eleven and that Boston eleven ain't do nothing good for him. Last time he wore number two, he won a championship with Cleveland, even though it ain't the same team. But he back to his old number, so I guess he's trying to cut out all the distractions and and play. But we'll see. I think if he does cut out the distractions, he can alleviate a lot of the pressure on Luca and take a lot of pressure off of him in the fourth quarter since Kyrie Irving is a fourth quarter guy. Because yep. remember, he leads he leads he leads the league in scoring in the fourth quarter. So that can be your closer on nights that Luca needs a little rest or breathing. Question, do y'all think the Lakers make the playoffs after this trade? Mm, that's what we're gonna get into next. Oh wow. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we, that's actually our next topic. Our next topic is uh the Lakers trade. That trade that we down tonight. That was breaking news in the association. Somebody got an echo. Somebody got an echo. Echo. Yeah, so <laughs> is it me? Nope. No, it was Tay Rock because he muted himself. Oh, okay. Um, okay I need to know the particulars of that trade exactly because I've been on two different podcasts already, my own and another one I was a guest on. So I didn't get to see the trade details. I saw it flash by and I was like, ooh, okay. But uh, what is the exact details of that trade? So the trade is that Russell Westbrook was sent to the Utah Jazz, I believe. And the Lakers received D'Angelo Russell, a, a former Laker who reunites with the Lakers, obviously. They also received that kid Vanderbilt as well, who, who's a pretty good prospect. So that's nice as well. And they received another name in the trade. Um, Who's his name? Josh uh, Hart. You say what? Help me out. Uh, Josh Hart. No, not Josh. Not, the Russell Westbrook trade. You had Mike. You had Mike Conley in there. You had oh, Malik yeah, Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt. There you yeah. go. And then it, it's one more that came over to the Lakers as well. D'Angelo Russell. No, with D'Angelo Russell. Uh, you uh, had Malik Beasley. 
Malik Beasley. Yeah, he said that first. Said him. Yeah, I said Malik Beasley. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yep, yep. yep. So, so that's who the Lakers receive. And oh. then the Utah Jazz get Russell Westbrook. Yes. A bag of chips. So the, Minnesota, the, Minnesota, uh, the, Minnesota, no, the Minnesota Timberwolves got Russell Westbrook. I think yeah, Utah oh, got okay. Russ. Utah got Russ and, and Minnesota got Mike Conley. But also the Utah Jazz got an unprotected first round pick in that move. Is, so they, uh, I thought I read somewhere where it was like the one to four. Yeah, they got 15 of those. They got 15 unprotected. No, if it's one to four, Lakers get that pick back and it becomes a second round. Yeah, they they got but they got a lot of unprotected picks though. Utah got a lot of unprotected picks, man. I actually like it. I like the fact that we got D'Angelo Russell because D'Angelo Russell Russell to me is obviously a better shooter than Russell West Westbrook. It's a better shooter. You know, they probably shouldn't have traded him in the first place. He give him time to develop his game. Because we saw what he did in Minnesota. Does he start? I think so. I think you start You th- where the Lakers sit at right now in the standards? You think they can win a playing tournament? I'm too embarrassed. Don't feel bad. My team is the Spurs. Don't feel bad. My team is Spurs. <laughs> You're with me, Tay Rock, down there at the basement of defense. I'm, I'm a Pistons fan. I don't know if they make a play-in. I think they can. I, I think they can make a late push to get a play-in spot. Will they get a play-in spot? They look like a borderline play-in, play-in tournament team with this trade. I mean, it's not a major upgrade, but it's... it's Yo, what if they play Sacramento to get into the playoffs and they finally, Sacramento finally get a win after all those years they've been trying to beat the Lakers? <laughs> That'll be even more embarrassing. <laughs> but you know what? Something like that would happen to the Lakers because they've had so much bad luck in recent years that nothing has gone their way. So I wouldn't be surprised if something like that does happen, actually. One thing I can say, though, that my Spurs did do to LeBron we swept him. We swept him in the finals, and we and we and, and we beat him the last game in the Staples Center, and then we beat him in the first game of the new center. <laughs> so Tay, I, I want to hear you first. Tell me about this trade. What do you What do you think about this trade? I don't. I, I don't. I don't really. The, the trade doesn't excite me at all. I just feel like they just swapping players for for and see what they could get out of it. Because to be honest with you, the D'Angelo Russell, he's a good player, but you know what I'm saying he's not one. He's not the the, the all star D'Angelo Russell that we've seen before. Maybe it could change with LeBron, but I think I think Westbrook gonna go off now. To be honest with you, I think he he gonna have the freedom he wants and he's gonna start balling. He all that. Stuff he was doing in L.A., I don't think that's going to matter no more. I think he's going to actually start. You said he in, he in Utah or Minnesota? He in Minnesota, but they trying to get a buyout. They trying to get a buyout. They trying to get a buyout for him so he can go to a probably a different squad, a contending squad. Oh, you know, I, I heard the Clippers are in play. Yeah, I heard the Chicago Bulls and the Clippers are in play. Yeah, they trying to buy him out. That's if the Clippers could get him with Paul George and Kawhi. I think that I think the Lakers might be in trouble. If they get because they gonna let Westbrook and because first of all you guys because PG stay hurt a lot so 
Kawhi had somebody on the floor with him, or PG be playing in Kawhi Gary, so they'll always have somebody on the floor with him. So even though Westbrook ain't the old Westbrook, but I think any other team besides the Lakers, he could he could have a lot of freedom and do what he wants as long as he's doing he's productive. But now if you're one, if you're not being productive, then I'm be like, well, this is not gonna work. But on a team like that, hold up, don't they don't the Clippers still got John Wall? No. Who? Who? <laughs> Eight <and> zero. <laughs> no, the Clippers got John Wall, don't they? No, they still got him. He hasn't played. Uh, that's an okay backcourt right there. If you really think about it, if they can play up to, to, to their potential. Yeah. The, the problem is. Shout out to Guardy for watching. Thank you for watching. I love your takes. You have great comments. I've been reading them, and I agree. I agree with a lot of your takes. So thanks for tuning in, man. Smokey, go for it. Uh, the thing with Russell Wilson, until he develops a consistent shot, he can't be that productive. That's why he hit the bench in the Lakers. When you're shooting below 35%, you don't get to be a starter when you're supposed to be a above 35% shooter. And what are your thoughts on this trade? I think the trade is good for the Lakers. And if... If somebody can buy out Russell Wilson, it's good for Minnesota. <laughs> because you know what Russell Westbrook is? The playoff killer. He kills the chances of playoff teams. Look at everywhere he's been. He's done it. I yeah, thought Russell a lot of that has to do with the fact that he can't ever adjust his style of play. I thought Russell Wilson played for the Broncos. <laughs> Hey, I do that too. I make that mistake. It's <laughs> it is hard to do sometimes. I be making it sometimes like that too. Uh, Coach, what's your take on this? Um, I think it's an okay, solid trade. I wouldn't say it moves the needle for me and makes the Lakers better. Yes, D'Angelo Russell is a better shooter, but he's not the same D'Angelo Russell in Brooklyn or you know uh, his first part in Minnesota or you know the young D'Angelo Russell who. The Lakers basically trade away, and all of a sudden he became an all-star. Well, that happens everywhere with the Lakers trade away. If you if you're part of the Lakers early on, you trade, they trade you away, you become instantly a better player. But this time you're not getting that D'Angelo Russell. But I really like Jared Vanderbilt, man. I think he's gonna really help out the Lakers with his defense, his rebounding. Malik Beasley is an instant offensive shooter off of the bench, but I really don't know. If it moves the needle, I think the problems really go on as much as uh, Russell Westbrook. I don't think Russell Westbrook was the whole problem. He was a problem on the team, but he wasn't the whole problem. So we're going to see uh, if it, I think if it goes more beyond Russell Westbrook, because I think it is beyond Russell Westbrook. The problem is they can't keep nobody in front of them. They can't keep nobody in front of them. And you don't know when Anthony Davis is going to go down, which is that can be at any type of moment. Uh, that can pretty much change the season. And, the pro and another problem, uh, your schedule still is going to be a tough schedule. Your schedule still is going to be tough. You still got to win some big games to get in the thick of the playoffs push. I like a couple of moves on the team. Like, I'm a big fan of Jared Vanderbilt. I think he does help you guys off right off the bench, right off the bench with the uh, hustle, with the versatility to guard one through four and with his rebounding ability. I really like him. Malik Beasley, like him coming off the bench, but I just really don't know if it moves really the needle for me for us. You know, I think they can make a playing game, but will they make a playing game? They got to start winning games first. 
and they got to start winning these tough games first. They're going to have to beat some of these tough teams. They want to make a play-in game or beat some teams that they really supposed to beat. Against a team like Portland or Oklahoma City, you can't lose teams like that. You can't lose a team that got really almost the same record that you got or even worse. You can't lose the teams like that down the stretch if you want to even make a play-in tournament because you lose. The more you lose, the tougher your schedule is going to get. The tougher your schedule is really actually is going to get. And that that's the problem with the Lakers. That's the problem with the Lakers. They lose games that they were supposed to win, like Jeremy said. They supposed to won that game. But the problem is after they got the record, they stopped playing basketball. Now you got to beat a great elite Bucks team on tomorrow, and that's going to be a hard team to beat, a team that is hot, that is coming off a blowout loss against Portland. The more you lose, the tougher your schedule is going to get, and the Lakers struggle against really tough teams, really bad teams, and I and I beat seen it last night that they're not there. They're going to be some tough, bad teams, but they're going to also have the tendencies to struggle, but I don't know if this trade moved the needle for me for the Lakers. Yeah, and they have uh, buried themselves. They have buried themselves with all these losses. Uh, I, they may have lost a lot of games, and they may have a tough schedule. It's addition by subtraction. By getting rid of Westbrook, I don't care who they got. They could have got a paper boy. It don't matter. It's better than Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like this. If I feel like if they don't make the playoffs, LeBron leaving. I wouldn't be surprised if he does leave. I mean, that's been that's been the person that he's been since he came into the league, right? Uh, he if the going gets tough, he takes the easy way out. Yeah, and he finds the easiest path to get to another NBA championship. And we all know that. Okay, the personal achievement is all nice and everything, but this guy wants to win. Yep. You know, that means everything to LeBron. He wants to win basketball games. He, he doesn't care about all these individual accolades. What's more what's more concerning to him is winning championships because in reality, just from hearing his comments about the GOAT status, you, you know what this man is chasing, and that's championships so he can really put himself in that MJ argument. And say, hey, yep. look at me, guys. I got six rings. What's up now? Yep. Now the thing about it that I kind of want to add to this conversation, now that the record is out of the way, I think we can start seeing Anthony Davis playing normal basketball yeah. uh, right now. For right now, now that that is up out of the way, because last, the other, last night you didn't see normal basketball. All you seen them was trying to get him the record was being so much passive now against the Milwaukee Bucks, you're, I think you're going to start seeing Anthony Davis playing normal basketball. You're going to start seeing a little more. I don't know if they're going to stop anybody on the defensive side. I don't know if they're going to do that because they have an issue on the defensive side of the ball and keeping their man in front of them. They're going to they're gonna have a problem doing that. And the three is so wide open. Darvin Hound supposed to be a defensive uh, guru. But at the end of the day, man, at the end of the day, that Lakers defense is not – good at all and they got some problems on that defensive side of the basketball even when Anthony Davis is on the floor they still got problems on the defensive side of the ball that they got to clean up LeBron going back to Cleveland yeah I think so too I think he's going to finish his career in Cleveland I think he wants to go home and and get a final shot there I think he will do so and I think he will go wherever his son gets drafted as well because he he made that real clear that he wants to uh, team up with his son. That's a dream for him, and I think he will make that dream a reality. 
But guys, we're gonna move on. Uh, I tell you, you want to say something else before we move on? Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I think Bryce gonna be better than Bronny. And he got the height. And he got more size. Hey, he could be the he could be the brother that uh shows he gonna up. Be, he gonna be like the Ball Brothers, Lamelo the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, LaMelo is the best. Out of all the balls, he he's the best. And the ball is always bouncing in his court. So I'm with you on that one as well. But, guys, we're going to get into the final topic of the night. And the final topic is an interesting one because the Super Bowl is right here. And this is a football uh, discussion now. This show flips over to football. Let's get right into it. Hey, Smokey's ready. Look, Smokey's ready. Smokey. This this is this is your this is your topic now, huh? It's football. So, uh, guys, with Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts both in the Super Bowl, Mahomes is on the cups of going either two for three or one for three in the Super Bowl. Is more pressure on him or Jalen Hurts in his first appearance as the favorite? Um, I'm gonna say, as you know, it's funny. I'm gonna actually say both. You know why? Because Mahomes has to win this, and all the stuff they've been saying about Jalen Hurts couldn't get it done. He has to get it done. So I say the pressure is split on both of them. So one of them has to get it. You can't. We can't be a tie. One of them has to get it done. So it's pressure on both. I feel like. My home is going to have it a little harder because he 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 ain't go up against a pass rush like this all year, all year. And I'm a 49ers fan. Game happened the way it happened. I feel like if Brock Purdy would have played, this game would have been way closer. Maybe it would have been a different outcome. That's in the past now. I'm sticking with the Eagles for this game. I'm sticking with my city. I'm not a hate. I'm not an Eagles hater. I'm from the city. I t- it's just a, it's just unfortunate they had to play against my Niners. It is what it is. But I feel like Mahomes, as long as is Mahomes going to be the magic man he normally be, or is the Eagles defense going to get to him? That's going to be the question. And can and can if they if can they shut down Kelsey? Now if they can shut down Kelsey, that might be something because it's hard to run on the Eagles. So I say the pressure is on both. That's just my opinion. I feel like the pressure is on both of them because, you know, the Eagles record scored a lot of points. Jalen Hurts having the MVP season. My, my home, they saying Mahomes MVP too. So it was like a battle back and forth. So I feel like it's, it's pressure on both to get it done. But the more pressure, I can say – I'm going to say Mahomes because he's getting labeled with the greats. And the greats get it done. And this is and this is her first year going. Boom. Okay, I, you get it. I, f- first time might not always work out. Mahomes, you know how to win. Fortunately, it was against my team again. <laughs> but I feel like Mahomes has to win this to really get talked about where he want to be talked about. Smokey, which of these quarterbacks have the more pressure? I have it real close to. I have it at 55-45. 55 for Mahomes. And the reason why is he's already considered a GOAT because this is his third Super Bowl he's been in. And so the pressure is on him to win. Plus, his team is more injured. 
you know, they got injuries in the secondary, injuries at wide receiver, injuries at running back. Now it isn't Pacheco, which is good because that's their best running back who came out of nowhere. But they haven't faced a defense like this. You know, this is like the 49ers defense with a couple more pass rushers. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to explain it. I said all the, there's going to be 51 points total scored in this game. The over-under is 48.5. The score is going to be 28-23 Philadelphia. Great prediction. Coach? I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. And the only reason I say Jalen Hurts, because this team may not be together after this season. Uh, you got James Bradbury already coming out and saying he wants $17 million. Is the Eagles really going to pay that much money to Bradbury and already interested? He's already saying he's open to go back to the New York Giants. You got Kazair White on a one-year deal. You got Miles Sanders, who probably played himself for a big paycheck in the offseason as well. I think you still got to take care of Jalen Hurts, too. You still got to be able to take care of him. You got to take care of C.J. Gardner-Johnson as well. You got to take care of him as well. So, this is the last, and then you got Fletcher Cox decline. You got Fletcher Cox on a decline. You got the Kelsey brothers about, probably about to retire after this season. So the Eagles gonna have they're gonna lose a lot. They're gonna lose a lot of pieces on that defensive side of the football, on the defensive side of the football. And they're gonna they can potentially lose Javon Hargraves as well. The defensive tackle, they can potentially lose him as well. So I think it's more I think it's a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts. But I think it's close. I think it is close with Patrick Mahomes. His team is uh, beat up as well. His team is injured all over the place. But if this is a year that the Eagles got to win this, the Eagles got to get it now because this team may not be the same coming into next season in uh, in off season. I'm glad you said something about yeah, that because Javon Javon Hargraves. It's a damn shame he is not a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year yep. with the year he had. Same with Hassan Reddick. That's yep. Yep. I'm gonna tell you why. The reason why is because they had multiple pass rushers with 10 or more sacks. The 49ers only had Nick Bosa and on, on that number one defense. That's why it's like that. Because if it was just one of those guys doing that with like 15, 16 sacks, probably would be now. And I'm not saying they shouldn't have been considered because they should have. But it was the it was because of the way Nick Bosa was this type of season he was having, and they were doing it as a collective where more he was more doing it by himself. So they was looking at the individual by himself on a certain team that didn't have the souped up team. Okay, okay, we got Christian McCaffrey in like after like four or five games, but they started with those players. Christian McCaffrey came later, and then we had a, a nice little upgrade to our team. But the Eagles started with all those players. I say besides AJ Brown. Now, so, as much as I want to hate hate to say this, I want to complain about offensive rookie of the year for a minute because you got guys that played most of the season in Kenneth Walker and Garrett Wilson up there. How the hell is Brock Purdy up there? He played seven games in the season. He don't belong up there. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna. I, I don't. Think, <laughs> it's a good it. I don't think, listen, I'm not gonna be biased. I don't think he should get it. But to have a consideration for what he did now. Now, how many how many quarterbacks can do this? A rookie quarterback, your last pick in the draft, never think you're gonna get no time this year. Get thrown to the wolves against a good Miami team, a good Miami team at the time. Beat them and, and beat. Matter of fact, won twelve games straight. Well, not well, 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 seven games straight. 
Took him to one, two playoff games. Not too many rookie quarterbacks can do that. That's hard to do. And then, and then he threw over a thousand yards, almost threw for fifteen touchdowns. Like as a rookie. Now wait. Like, about it. He, there's he, only there's only one other quarterback that did something similar, and he won his first Super Bowl that year. Roethlisberger, right? Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom, well, Tom Brady wasn't a rookie when he won. No, but he didn't get to play until Drew Bledsoe got hurt in week 11. Right. Yo. Yo. And I feel like that's why he gets the consideration, but I don't think he should get it. But the consideration is good enough for me because what he did, jumping and just got, got thrown into the wolves because he had no quarterbacks left. But besides Josh Johnson, that 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 nobody ever really talks about, he had to come up from the practice squad. So Purdy was pretty good for the games he played. <laughs> I right. got to give it to him. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying he wasn't good. That's not what I'm saying. And his moxie and his poise and yeah. his energy and, and how contagious. Oh, no, no. I'm, contagious I am not knocking Brock Purdy's play. Right, I'm right, knocking right. the fact he only played seven yeah, games. He shouldn't have been in the he shouldn't have been in the conversation based on the level of games that he did play. Right. So I see you what he's saying. It's, I it's a feel good story, and you know but, they're acknowledging what he did in such a short time, and then that's why he. But the games were important games. That's why because yeah. they were fighting. They, they were fighting to get a playoff. So each game that he played was was positioning for the end of the season for the. Playoffs, and that's why they wind up getting the number two. They got the number two seed because, but because of his quarterback playing that defense. Right, right, well, right. Here we go. I'm gonna get one for you too. You know what that means? That means Sauce Gardner shouldn't be in consideration. It should have been James Houston to Detroit, who had eight sacks in eight games. I mean, look at that because they went on that eight and two run. Yeah, Sauce Gardner don't let nobody score on him even like that. So. I didn't say anything. I'm not saying that. I'm saying statistically, if you look at it, then that means it should have been Aiden Hudson, James Houston, because if you're allowing people with less than 10 games to get an offensive player, offensive rookie of the year or defensive rookie of the year, if you're allowing somebody who only played seven games when the standard used to be 10, and that used to be the standard. You had to play at least 10 games your rookie year to get considered for it. Otherwise, you were considered the next year. I, I, I hear you, Smokey. I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I, like, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, agree I, I, I see where you're coming from. I agree. I was, we had guys play the whole season. I mean, they played the whole season were actually good. Like, Gary Wilson, you know, all of those guys were actually really, really good. Really, really good. So, the, they, the whole season, not just – like a couple of games, like the whole season, they were really good. These receivers were actually consistent. They were actually really, really solid, really solid uh, play. So I actually agree with him that he shouldn't be in a discussion, that he shouldn't be in a discussion at all because he only – the lack of games, but he does deserve some respect for how the team does play, how the team did play up under him and, and how he played. And I give him yeah. that all day. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no hands down. I see what Jeremy's saying. I agree with Jeremy's saying, actually. Technically, he kind of played close to 10 games if you want to count those playoff games. But it's a regular season award, not a playoff award. I don't think he should get it. And I'm a 49ers fan. I don't think he should get it because he didn't play enough games. I'm cool with the, just the consideration that somebody put him in it. I'm cool with that. I ain't saying he deserved it because I don't think he should get it because I'm okay. 
But a lot of those players that y'all naming ain't won two playoff games yet either. Yeah. Think about that's, it. That's Everybody true. that's the finalist on the defensive side didn't win a playoff game. One of them never got there. Two of them never got there, actually. Sauce didn't get there. Hutchinson didn't get there. But I, I'm going to give one thing to Hutchinson that should give him a leg up over Sauce. You can say he didn't give up a touchdown. Do you know who the only other two players with over nine sacks and three interceptions in a season are? Richard Dent and Lawrence Taylor. So if you're in this discussion with two of the best players to ever play again, nasty, nasty men who hurt people on the field back in a different era when you could hit people so hard they couldn't wake up till the next Sunday, I'm saying. And my and my tenure of football, I got hit like that once. Ain't pretty, but it, it, it was still fun to play. I got hurt. Coming up the middle, and I got hit like that, and I said, "You know what? I gotta turn into Barry Sanders. I don't want to get hit no more." <laughs> you sure do, or you say, "I'm done." <laughs> no, I wasn't quitting. All right, fellas. Well. Before I take us out of here, I, I just want to say that Patrick Mahomes, to me, has more pressure on him. Look, he's been here before. Um, this is a big game on a big stage. Uh, he's a little bit banged up. I don't know if he's going to be 100% going into this game, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes can still make plays regardless. Um, he lives for these moments. And and also, you know, he, he doesn't have a strong running game like the Eagles do with Miles Sanders. So, I mean, more of the more of the pressures on him in this game. Uh, they deem him to be the baby goat. A lot of people are out to make him as if he's the next goat behind Tom Brady. So there's a lot of pressure on him coming into this game. And it'll be interesting to see how he handles it because he has shown us time and time again, he can handle it. And what you guys all said as well it, it is a big one too. The fact that he is about to face a real defense. So we will learn more about Patrick Mahomes, especially with that ankle against this, this Eagles team with that great pass rush of theirs, because the Eagles can do it all. They can do it all and with that pass rush and with that. And if they put enough pressure on him where he's, um, you know, running for his life out there and they force him into making those mistakes, you got that ball hawking secondary too. That can, that can, that can, uh, you know, play takeaway. So that, those are some things to keep into mind. So to me, Patrick Mahomes has more pressure on him. But guys, we're going to get into final thoughts now. Any of you guys have final thoughts? I'll go to Coach Dante first. Yeah, man, I have a final thought. Um, it'll be interesting to see what moves that's going to be made tomorrow, which is I will be covering you know, the trade deadline tomorrow, uh, tomorrow. So it'll be interesting to see what moves, uh, be made in the NBA. You know, you got Pascal Siakam maybe on the move. You got, uh, OG Ananobi is maybe on the move. You have some pretty big names that may be on the move for tomorrow. And some of these, a lot of these teams, like a lot of these teams, like the Sixers, uh, they may need to make a move. The Miami Heat may need to make a, may need to make a move. Uh, let's see, let's see who's going to be the most aggressive team that's going to make a move in the NBA. And I can't wait. And, you know, 
Uh, like I say, thank you. Uh, you know, Judge Jonathan, man, for having me a part of the stream as always, man. I know I'm be back right here Friday and the same thing. So, you know, uh, anytime I can get on, I appreciate, uh, you know, Jeremy, Tay Rock, you know, it's fun. It was fun. Appreciate you, my brother. Thanks for coming on tonight. And Smokey, we're going to hand it over to you. Well, I want to say my parting shot is the same thing I say at the end of every show I've ever been on. Try every day to be a better person than you were the day before because that's the only way to make the world a better place. It starts from within right here. Because if you don't make the world a better place, we leave no legacy behind for our younger generation. And facts. Discipline is not awful. <laughs> well said. Well said. You couldn't have said that any better. I love that. I love I love the way you you uh you you stated that. That's that's beautiful. Tay, what's your final thoughts, my man? Um, I appreciate appreciate y'all having me on. I know uh, I, I be working like a Jamaican, so I can't be on certain things like that. Um, it's, it's it's good to be back around one of my good fellas, Coach. Again, know what I'm saying that's my guy right there. I definitely want to I'm saying be on more shows with both of you guys right here. I definitely yeah, y'all definitely know y'all stuff from what I was hearing. So I was actually listening first before I jumped on. I just wanted to watch and just to see what y'all was talking about. So I said, so I said this is interesting. Let let me get on. Um. But definitely would like to do, you know what I'm saying, some more work with you guys. Y'all definitely, it's entertaining. Definitely, and I'm saying that great information, great content. I'm just looking forward to the greatness from everybody on this panel. So I'm going to salute y'all. I'm about to take my shower and get ready for work tomorrow. Likewise, brother. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. No problem. And thank you to our audience out there for tuning in as well. Uh, without you guys, none of this is possible. So. It was another great episode of the Judge's Corner. I want to thank 